When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast is part of the Robots Radio Rocket Club, a program designed to help all podcasts reach their full potential. For information about joining the Robots Radio Rocket Club, check out robotsradio.net. Welcome to Holocron Histories, Star Wars canon versus legends. We're going to take a deep dive into the lore of the Star Wars universe. All right. Hello and welcome to the Holocron Histories podcast where we talk about Star Wars canon versus legends. And we are here for our monthly patron chat. First, you don't know who I am. I assume you do know who I am, but I am Austin, also known as Teacup, and I'm one of your hosts for this podcast. And I am your other host, Ben of Tamaria. Yeah, and like I said, we're here for our patron chat and we've got one of our... Twenty dollar tier patrons here, uh, Kodo Joe. I'm mean, that's what I'm gonna go with, Kodo Joe. What? Hello there. Hello. <laughs> uh, yeah, thanks for being here. We're excited for you to be here. Um, excited our topic, to be here. Our topic today is kind of just talking about general reactions for the Ahsoka show, um, theorizing what's happening, reactions to trailers, other. Things that have to do with the show. Yeah. So that's what we're here to talk about. Um, First off, I need to know, Kodojo, are you a Darth or a Jedi Master? Jedi Master. Okay. I think you're like the first Jedi Master. I think all the what? other patrons we've had have been Darths. <laughs> <laughs> the lone light in the darkness. What can I say? Hey, there's Actually, nothing wrong with that. Actually, funnily enough, Kadojo was a name I got from Swartor. Oh, really? I oh, played really? that year one. I don't think it was day one because I didn't have internet access where I lived. But year one, I played Swartor. I was just hitting randomizer on the name generator. And I was like, Kadojo. I'm like, okay, that works. <laughs> that sounds good. Awesome. That's awesome to hear. I love Swartor. Ugh. I played too many MMOs. Um, but yes, we are here to talk about Ahsoka and to kick things off, Code Dojo, what are you excited for the show? I'm excited to see Thrawn, although I have a very sad feeling that he's going to be, uh, be in the show very little, like maybe the last two episodes. I feel like it's going to be a buildup and then the last two episodes will show Thrawn. Okay. That that would be interesting. I mean, we only so anybody is listening. If you go and watch the news trailer, that is the first time we physically see Thrawn, like face and all. Mad Mickelson, who is the voice of Thrawn, is coming into live action to play Thrawn. But but compared to the you know like the not Sith, but like dark side users, what we see in the trailer, 
we've only seen two small glimpses of Thrawn. Yeah. So I don't know if it's a build up just for everybody. Oh, get excited because Thrawn's going to be in the show, or is it? Oh, hey, there's little, only little things that we have for footage of him because he's only in the show for so long. Though, do we know how many episodes Ahsoka's going to be? Have they announced that? Let me look it up. Okay, I think it's. I wouldn't be surprised if it's eight, but I know Andor was what ten, if I recall. Roughly. Roughly, okay. So, I mean, it could go longer, but... Eight episodes. Eight episodes, okay. And we obviously, we don't know if there's going to be another season. As far as we know at the moment, it's going to be a limited... uh, It's just going to be one season. Now, Lucasfilm Disney did not say it's a miniseries like they did for Kenobi. So, there's potential it's probably going to be more than one season. True. I... But I don't know on, about that. I don't know what they're going to go with the story. Because, well, look, everything is now up to... Oh, uh, that depends. If Okay, so we all know there's going to be a film. Yeah, I, I was getting there. It's like, what if it's all it's goes just, towards hey, the film? Hey, it's one film, one season directly. All the series will collide into the one film. And we'll get thrown in the film... And we'll probably see his eventual death because he doesn't probably won't survive after everything because right. we don't see him in the sequel trilogy or mentions of him. So, no, yeah, I think that Thrawn, or with this, I mean, the writer's strike is obviously going to affect whatever films are in production, correct? Right now, so I don't know what's really going to happen. But I would not be surprised if Ahsoka is only one season just because they're supposed to end in this film. But Lucasfilms is also notorious for promising projects and then never delivering them. So, yeah. Fair. But that was also before John Favreau and Dave Filoni were ever involved. Yeah. So who I'm knows? just saying, yeah, they're involved, but the same people who are in charge when that was happening are still in charge. Fair point. That's that's a fair point. But hey, I'm an optimist when it comes to a lot of things, and I feel like Dave Filoni has a lot of sway with Lucasfilm, more for the fact because Lucasfilm wouldn't be where they're at without him. <laughs> so <laughs> and they can't deny that because Clone Wars shot Lucasfilm up to where they we're going well shot them up further than uh, mm-hmm. they ever were with just the films so but anyway yeah um i'm curious where thrawn like what we're going to get with thrawn um i i mean if it will tie in directly into the said film which i know we do have a it's called um heir to the empire if i recall right mm-hmm. okay so which is based off which is obviously a nod to the Heir of the Empire novels from Legends where Thrawn took over the Empire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So obviously Thrawn won't get axed in the series if the no. film's going to be called Heir to the Empire. But, I don't know, there's going to be... It's it's interesting because go and watch the new trailer. So we see more of the dark side users we don't even know what to call them because they say they're not sith 
I know? have a theory about that. They okay. really never mentioned Dark Jedi in canon before. True. I think. Is it possible they're trying to mm. introduce Dark Jedi into this? Well, okay. So in Legends, and this is a little lore, in Legends, the term Dark Jedi, it's kind of like the term Grey Jedi. In that in Legends, we get different definitions of what this is. When you look at the Bane trilogy, there's a, a different thing is like a uh, a dark Jedi is just someone who uses the dark side but isn't necessarily aligned with the Sith. Now, there's also a point of sometimes we get the definition of dark Jedi is someone who is not a dark Lord of the Sith. And it's kind of a way to like circumvent the rule of two, kind of like the Inquisitors. Like, Palpatine is still adhering to the rule of two because the Inquisitors are not lords of the Sith. True. And there's further evidence of... I wouldn't say, like... Well, there's evidence that they're not Sith. Um, Dave Filoni's even said they're not Sith. And everybody got really confused. Like, oh, their blades are, like, an orange tint. That must be a mistake. No, Dave Filoni has straight up said in interviews, the color in the blade is absolutely correct. It is an orange blade. So we have orange. It's a canonical color again, even though we have it in the Jedi Survivor games. But if anybody knows, like in Legends, orange is not a natural crystal color. It's synthetic. So now there's like theories I know that are going around these two are okay, there's force fielders, they're not Sith, they're not Jedi, supposedly, and they have orange blades. So, did they make synthetic crystals? Well, it would be interesting, and like I have said many times, um, game mechanics are not lore mechanics. Fair, that's true, but Cal can have an orange lightsaber. True, even though canonically he's it's blue, right? He's a blue. Uh, so I'm just curious, kind of here with the whole point of like the orange lightsaber, of like it means that whoever these dark Jedi are, if they're dark Jedi at all, I mean, they could just be whatever. I mean, they look like dark Jedi, yeah. but it means they didn't bleed their lightsaber crystals. Correct. True. But if you see the uh, female apprentice, she does have that Jedi braid that's usually associated with the Padawans. Jedi Padawan? Oh, see, I never noticed that. Yeah, I was reviewing all the trailers earlier today, and you could see her with a braid. Interesting. Yeah. It would be interesting to a point if these people are kind of like similar to how we get with um Dagon in Jedi Survivor of these are people who were sent out into the unknown regions and that's how they and have survived the purge but because and they're kind of in a similar situation with like Dagon and Talon Malakos where they've been on their own for so long that they're not like embracing the Sith 
but they're not really following the ways of the Jedi either. Okay. Yeah, I I have a sort of a tin hat theory going on that they are Order 66 survivors and they fled into the unknown region. And there and in the new Thrawn trilogies, both sets of trilogies, it is stated that there are civilizations out there who do navigate uh, the unknown regions. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, Chiss, uh, like Thrawn's race, is one of them. Mm-hmm. His species is one of those um, civilizations that live in the unknown. That's why you don't see right. Chiss on a normal, typical, any-day planet. And the Nihil come from the unknown regions. Yes. Well, they can live and, out in the unknown regions, yeah. Right. And Tantalor is in the unknown regions. True. So there's a lot, I think there's a lot of options here, especially since Ahsoka is taking place in that in between time of Death of Empire and First Order, Rise of the First Order. First Order. Right. And we know that somewhere in the Unknown Regions is Exegol, where Palpatine is working behind the scenes to build the First Order. So there's got to be. The timeline's too close. There's got to be some connection that's going to connect Thrawn's heir to the Empire to what emerges later as the First Order. True. That that's absolutely correct. That's true. Um, I mean, and speaking back, going back on like Tantalor from Jedi Survivor and Nihil, which are referenced in Jedi Survivor, and we see like their ships, um, but they're also from the High Republic era. I'm curious, are we getting, are they going to dive into some of the New Year stuff with the lore, specifically with High Republic? I mean, for all we know, so the the uh, current phase, so phase two for the High Republic just ended uh, a couple months ago. And there's going to be a third phase, which will supposedly finish out the High Republic like series. As far as we know, I'm curious. So we don't know if the Nihil are decimated to like extinction style, but it's just like an organization. It's not like they're a species. What if the organization still lives on in the unknown regions and like these so-called quote unquote dark Jedi are from the Nihil? Hmm. And if anybody's played Swotor and watched the trailers for Ahsoka, tell me if I'm wrong. The older dude looks almost identical to Valkorian, and his so-called apprentice literally is almost looks identical to Lana Blanco. It, 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 it's, the resemblance seem... is uncanny. It's kind of scary how they, like they look almost like these characters. That's I, I just wonder a if. Thing. I wonder if they're doing that on purpose just to give it a shout out or Oh, it's probably like a I, nod or something. Yeah. I think I think it would be very just as I think it would be dangerous to introduce Starkiller into canon, I think it would be dangerous to int- even more dangerous to introduce Valkorian into Oh god, yeah. canon just oh, cuz that a doubt would be very dangerous because then like that undermines Palpatine's entire reign. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, Valkorian would just curb stomp him. Right. Oh, exactly. 
Now, now, I was hoping Snook was part of, like Valkyrian or like a puppet of his. I was hoping they yeah. would reintroduce him because he is such a great Sith. Oh, Valkyrian. Oh, yeah. Valkyrian's a phenomenal character they made, had in the uh, Old Republic MMO. Yeah. And it's... we will have, they are looking to do Old Republic stuff at some point. They, they haven't hid that. They, they fully announced it. Yeah. Right. And, It'll be interesting. Oh, sorry, you go ahead. And Zakul was in the unknown region, as far as I, if I remember mm-hmm. the Swotor map correctly, it was in the unknown region. So that kind of what led me to hope and believe it was Valkyrian, since they were both from the unknown region. Right. Um. So this is really interesting. I don't know. I know Ben hasn't, but Kojo, have you read the either the Lost Tribe of the Sith book or the Fate of the Jedi book? Uh, no, no, unfortunately, I didn't get a chance to read a lot of the Legends books. So there's an interesting thing. The Lost Tribe of the Sith is... So we know from Sotor lore and the Revan novel that around the time of you know, the death of Nagashado and all of this after the Great Hyperspace War they basically like the Sith vitiate takes one branch of the Sith away, but there is another tribe of Sith that was on a cruiser called the Omen that crashes on a planet named Kesh. And they become what's called the lost tribe of the Sith, which they kind of adapt. They have Sith ideology, but they adapt it a lot differently. Um, and it's really interesting, but it would be very interesting if the kind of they're introducing something, um, something similar to the Lost Tribe of the Sith, in that which they've canonized Kesh as a planet, thanks to the Battle Scars book, because the Imperial Analyst is Kashiri, and so, which would be very interesting. It means that the timeline doesn't quite match up because. Kesh was undiscovered until like 40 years after Revenge of the or Return of the Jedi. So this would obviously move up the timeline, but it would be very interesting to put that out. Interesting. I never thought of that. Um yeah, I mean they could go come I mean there's so many routes they could explain these characters. Um just the the older guy I I can they have names and I can't remember them on the top of my head, but we see a scene where he's just decimating people like Vader did in Rogue One, like it's like no effort at all. He's blocking things left and right and just using the Force to kill people. Yeah. That we see he, it looks sick. He he reaches out with his hand like Vader and just chokes somebody out. Yep, he can't see. <laughs> yep. But um, besides the bad guys, the Rebel team is back, and our favorite war criminal droid is finally on the... He's on the big screen again, or little screen, I would say. I mean, he's been on the big screen thanks to Rogue One, but we see Chopper, and I am so, so excited to see more war crimes. (laughs) I'm kind of happy they have still have the Phantom Two, um, yeah, kicking. 
Uh, I'm glad they kept a lot of what looks like a lot of the ghost intact because it has a Phantom 2, which is the rear docking vessel for the ghost. Mm-hmm. So it, I'm hoping to see the ghost as well. Oh, we will. I mean, we see the ghost in uh, one scene in Uruguay and a scene in Rise of Skywalker. And then obviously we see Hera flying the ghost, like in the trailer. So, I mean, we're going to see the ghost. But that I think that's going to be kind of a guarantee. And, I mean, and then obviously we, we have Harris and Dula in full-on live action, yep. which looks great. She looks amazing. Mm-hmm. I just want to know if Kanan's kids in this series because that would be amazing to see. Like, if anybody has... If you're anybody's listening and you haven't seen Star Wars Rebels, go and binge Star Wars Rebels before you watch the Ahsoka series because that's basically a guarantee. Like you need to watch Rebels before you watch Ahsoka because you will not understand you, half the stuff that's going on. If you want to watch, if you want to speed run it, you can just watch Twilight of the Apprentice through season three and four. And you'd probably get all the information you really need. Yeah, that's that's true. Isn't uh, that when the throne comes in season three? Yep, mm-hmm. yep. Throne comes in at season three. Season one was the Grand Inquisitor specifically, which obviously we see him in live action with the Obi Wan series. And then season two is the whole Vader stuff with the, bringing Soka into the series with uh, with Vader. Yeah. And then season three. And the other the other Inquisitors. And yeah, then... the other Inquisitors. Yeah. Now, I haven't seen in the trailers any sign of Zeb. So, I haven't seen Zeb yet. I know he's part, I think he's part of the Republic Rangers. Correct. He's part of the Republic Rangers because we, we, we only know that because of his cameo in Mando season three. Um, because he's talking to, um, I can't remember his name at the time. Um, but yeah, he was talking to another Republic Ranger about how things are going on in the Outer Rim and all that. Yeah. But I mean, I mean, all they all work for the Republic. I mean, Hera is a pirate. Uh, she's a general in the Republic. Yeah. Uh, another character I want to see is Agent Callus. Ooh. Because since they're since they're dealing with the Empire, who better would to bring in for intelligence about the Empire and Thrawn than Callus, who was with Thrawn for maybe a, a good season? Portion. Uh, he was a good season and a half, I would say. Yeah, yeah. It's towards the end of season three that he gets kind of like discovered as Fulcrum and. Goes yeah, in there. I never thought about seeing Callus and Ahsoka. I never thought. Um, uh, yeah, I think now would be a good time to take our mid break, and I want to come back and I want to talk about Sabine. Ooh, okay. All right. Well, let's get into that. Sorry. 
All right. Well, welcome to the middle of the show where we take time to thank our patrons. And yeah, thank you to Kojo, our patrons and all our other patrons who support us in the show. And we greatly appreciate all your support and everything you do. If you would like to join us on these shows or support us financially, you can go to patreon.com slash holocron histories and support us there. You need to sign up at our $20 tier. $20 a month tier or higher to come on our patron shows, but we greatly appreciate any support that you can give us. If you cannot support us financially, we totally get that. We like providing this content for free and doing all of that. And so, but a great way to support us that you can do is to leave us ratings and reviews on Apple or Spotify. And if you leave us five stars and some kind words or a nice comment or question on Spotify, we will read it out on a future episode of the show. And I believe we do have a Spotify comment to read today. We actually have a couple. So these come yeah. from our part one and part two of the our Revens episodes, which were the last two episodes we did. So from Lawu, so this is for part one. Very informative and awesome episode about Revan. This helped shed light on things I didn't know. Also, it's giving me info that I can use towards my Mandalorian War D&D campaign I'm writing up. Yeah. And then for part two... Oh. Where'd it go? There we go. Uh, it's also from Lawu. Uh, awesome follow-up episode. Keep up the amazing work. Thank you, Lawu. We appreciate the yeah. kind words and good luck on your Mandalorian War D and D campaign. That sounds amazing. Yeah, I want to play. <laughs> <laughs> no, you'll just DM it. <laughs> no, bye. Well, I guess I'm technically not DMing anything right now. What? I'm just a player. Yeah. What? No way. Look, I go through this. I don't know if either of you. Well, Ben, I know you do play D&D. But this is the thing I go. I get burnout on being a DM. And then, like, probably four or five sessions in, I'm like, okay, I want to be in control again. <laughs> Let me control the chaos. Let me steer yes. them into danger. <laughs> Yeah. Um, if you want to come hang out with us and talk to us, you can do so by joining Discord. You can come hang out with us on the Robots Radio Discord or the Cups Podcasting and more Discord. We are both Ben and Teacup on those Discord servers. And so you can find us there. Come hang out with us. Talk about Star Wars. Talk about your favorite things in the Ahsoka coming up in the Ahsoka show or anything like that. Um, you know, come make fun of Austin's be Austin because he hasn't finished Divisions yet. And... Or and he has not watched season two of the Bad Batch, so you wow. know he's behind. I can't I can't comment because I haven't I haven't finished season two of Bad Batch either. I can't tell you how behind I am on Marvel. I still haven't finished Loki. Okay, <laughs> that one that's the one you definitely need to watch because Loki's really good. <laughs> what everyone says. Um. But yeah, you can come hang out with us there. You can also check out our other shows. You can only find me and Ben together on this show, but we do host other shows. I host the Assassin's Creed Lorecast and also co-host the Dragon Age Lorecast. And you can find Ben on the Wizarding World Lorecast and the new Final Fantasy Lorecast. Yes, uh, my two shows are great. And if you want to know my Final Fantasy one, it just went live this week. And new episodes will be every Friday. Um when we record so feel free to turn into that i have two amazing co-hosts 
who are super pumped into some Final Fantasy. I'm big into Final Fantasy myself, but still haven't played a lot of the older stuff. So they will not be diving into Kingdom Hearts. No, but God, no. <laughs> there is a king. There is a Kingdom Hearts lore cast in the Robots Network, so you can check that out. Yes, uh, hosted by the Almighty Crit. So yep. go check Give out. Him a shout out. All right, I think that's all I got for the middle of the show, so we can get back to it. Cool. All right, we are back, and now we get to talk about uh, Sabine. I think that's what Austin wanted to talk about. So yeah, um, that's probably the point in the trailer that made my jaw drop. Um, when it comes talking in and it comes to that thing and Sabine looks at Ahsoka and goes, Master. Ooh. True. Yeah. Um, Which makes... Yeah. I wonder if Sabine is just training with lightsaber combat, continuing what she started with Kanan, or if she is force sensitive that is see that i'm I'm curious about that because i mean i can if it's if it's anything we don't see any of force sensitive signs when we watch rebels with her but she does have a very great aptitude when it comes to lightsaber combat ezra and kanan both helped her train with the darksaber um, she learned quick how to use the Darksaber compared to a famous Mandalorian bounty hunter uh, that we see on live TV that we he doesn't grasp. Um, right. I think it's fair to... Um, Sabine was raised on Mandalore and true. probably underwent a more robust weapons training regiment than uh Den Jaren did. Oh yeah, Den Jaren he just learned how to shoot. That, that was basically yeah. it. Or use a vibro knife. That was it. Um but then also Sabine had two great teachers, both Jedi, so and mm-hmm. if we see if you watch the trailer, she doesn't just she has Ezra's lightsaber and uses it. Mm-hmm. So she, obviously she knows how to fight with it. I mean, we see her use Ezra Saber in season four of Rebels, and he, then he also leaves it with her when with the season finale. So, right. And so this is an interesting time because I hope that this brings into kind of explaining where Ahsoka is during the original trilogy fair that's true yeah um because there is this whole thing of like Hera in her over in her kind of like monologue her over text in the trailer she hints to a thing about like Ahsoka and Sabine have already tried to find Ezra once this is their second attempt to go and find him yes um so yeah this it's gonna be I mean from what we see in the trailer look it, it if you watch Rebels and then go right into the Ahsoka trilogy, it looks like it's picking up right where it was left off. 
but it isn't. It's actually years later because <laughs> they already went and tried to find Ezra, but failed. Right. And then we get to see how they succeed again. Because as we see, we do have an actor for Ezra. We see him in a hollow, uh, hollow tape that Sabine plays constantly to herself. And yeah, do we see Sabine in her armor? I don't recall. Yes. We do. Yes, okay. I do believe Real so. quick. It's just like a real quick thing. Okay. I couldn't remember if we saw her in her armor. I know a lot of the um, trailer footage and screenshots they have been posting of her is just been her in her casual wear rather than her armor, um, which I really want to see her in her armor. Well, if you go back and look at the trailer when she's sit- sitting in front of her helmet ready to cut mm. her hair, you can see that that is her armor. Oh, okay. At, at least her chest plate, I think. Gotcha. That makes sense. Uh, and then we see the famous mural that they that she made at the end of Rebels mm-hmm. in the trailer. And they actually had that at SDCC this past weekend. Like a full, full-sized mural, or like the Rebels mural from Star Wars Rebel that is returning in Ahsoka. Right. Um, I also am going to say I'm very happy that the world between worlds is potentially not making a comeback. I know. I am I, After when we, we first theorized, oh, that has to be the world between worlds, and then we actually, the newest trailer completely debunked that, and I was like, oh, cool, they're not dealing with the time travel crap. Okay, sweet. That's all I care about. Uh, right. It's a star map, which is even more <laughs> Legends content. Well, and the world between worlds is like... It's a MacGuffin. Yeah. Did, did and... they lose access to it when the temple collapsed? Well, there are many points of access. And from what I, from what I understand... I'd have to go back and watch those episodes of Rebels to really kind of get to it. But what I understand is that the world between worlds kind of like shows you what it wants. Like like mm. the Force, it has a will and it opens portals to places that it wants to. Um, and there's some there's some connection to the Mortis gods in the world between worlds which would make sense i mean they're really ethereal or whatnot but i just that's fine for cartoons i just think they're gonna lose a lot of audience for live action if they try to get really heavy in the force like yeah because a lot of people like it's one thing to do animation for because it's you can easily grasp when it comes to animation and my like that's what i think Mm-hmm. But when you get into live action with a you have a much bigger audience, it's just then gonna throw people off. And right. people who haven't watched Rebels will like, okay, what the hell's world between worlds? I have no idea what this is, and then they find out it's an animation, they won't watch the animation. Right. And like there's a lot like the world between worlds does have its limitations because he's able to save Ahsoka because it doesn't really cause any like implications to his own timeline basically 
whereas like if he wanted to try to save Kanan, it would result in his and Hera's and Sabine's death. Yep. And so he couldn't do that. Correct. So there are limitations that placed on there. I just hate time travel and I don't want it in there. And thankfully Star Wars is the one major like property out there that doesn't actually do with time travel compared to and, every freaking other property that we have known to man. Except for the Lego Christmas special, apparently. Okay, we don't... Okay, the, yeah. the, Lego, the Lego stuff's not canon, so we're good. <laughs> yeah, but that... that Yes, that is, techni- that is time travel. I'm not going to lie. The, that Christmas special was... It was wacky fun, but it was also for kids, like, from the age of 10 and below, so... I loved that thing. It's still fun. It's still fun to watch. I thought it was so funny. Oh, they had so many great jokes in it, too. Mm-hmm. Um, I love like seeing the uh, actually Kylo actually meeting Darth Vader mm-hmm. for once, and like him freaking out, and it's like, oh my god, grandfather! And he's like, wait, what? <laughs> I think like it's really important for me, at least, like for there to be some kind of conflict that happens in these unknown regions that prevents these people if they're alive from coming back and dealing with the first order because i think it hurts their characters Mm -hmm. for them to not be involved like how could ezra after everything he's learned from kanan how could ahsoka how could these people look by and watch the first order go and not do anything right well i mean we know from rise of skywalker so as far as we know, Ahsoka and Can- oh, obviously Kanan uh, and Ezra, Ahsoka and Ezra are not around, and they talk. Well, they Ahsoka talks to Rey through the Force because she's one with the Force at that point. So something happens to Ahsoka. I'm sorry to say to everyone, she will she will die before the sequel trilogy. It, it's inevitable. The same good if Ezra's alive, it's the same thing's going to happen to him because they can't conflict with what the sequel trilogy has done with the previous Jedi. Yes, they keep adding more Jedi who survive post Order 66, but eventually they will have to perish to you know get up with the timeline. Now Along that terms, we are supposed to see uh, a specific force ghost, supposedly, in Ahsoka. And if anybody doesn't know, Hidden Christian is in Ahsoka at some way. As if it's flashbacks or it's a force ghost, one or the other. And if anything, it's probably going to be force ghosts. I don't think... I can't see them doing a flashback. Because specific... Well... And it's specifically something to do with Ahsoka. Because then that means they would have to cast a younger Ahsoka. Yeah, very young Ahsoka. So I feel like, if anything, we'll probably get a Force Ghost with uh, Anakin. Talking to Ahsoka about something to do with the Force, light or dark or something like that. Who knows? Or maybe being a trainer to Sabine. 
That's also a possibility. Now, if if Sabine's force sensitive as it, that is, oh, I didn't I didn't I didn't say force trainer. I said a trainer. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, but then I mean, though it's true we don't know if force ghosts can only be seen by Jedi. So true, or Anakin instructing Ahsoka how to train her. So it's possible. Who knows? But um, I want th- like. What do you feel about the star map that we see? Because that literally is just KOTOR vibes to me. I, mm. I, when I first saw that map, I was like, that looks so familiar. I don't know why. I don't know why. And then someone posted somewhere where it was a comparison of the star map in KOTOR and the star map using Ahsoka. I'm like, oh, <laughs> that's where I've seen yep. it before. Yep. We have star maps again, which I'm pumped because that means they're just bringing more Legends material back into the canon universe, which is great. Now, granted, what does a star map show? Would I, I'm I'm curious because I have a feeling it shows Exegol. Um, or, it's possible. Uh. Rakata Prime is also in the unknown, unknown regions. Ooh, that's true, too. And a lot of things are tying back to the unknown regions from Legends. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but as far as, I mean, again, this is another thing that might explain if they find a Starforge-like station... That would explain the First Order's... Oh, how they got Rise of Military power. Military power. Oh, shoot. If they they somehow get it... Oh, if they have a Star Forge in this freaking thing... I don't think they'll give us a, like, one-for-one Star Forge. Oh, God, no. It'll be be Uh, something on a smaller scale. Much Because... Then that just makes begs the question, like, why didn't Palpatine just do what Malak did and, like, capture Force users and drain their life essence to restore his body? Fair point. That's true. Um, or, I mean, it could just completely show something completely different or something new. <laughs> um, it could, I mean, it could go back to... Say it's a star map to Tantalor, and there's something hidden on Tantalor that the Emperor, well, like Palpatine, wants or something. Everything that we get here is that the hidden path is set up on Tantalor. Mm-hmm. That's what is implied by the end of Survivor. So maybe there are Jedi on Tantalor. Possibly. Maybe these. Uh, dark jedi or whatever aren't dark jedi at all and they're defending the secret of tantor that's also possible but they do say we are no jedi so that's also true so i i don't know i mean we can theorize all that as much as we want but we won't know till the series drops um but oh there was something else i wanted to talk about oh shoot what was it Oh, I remember now. The new, uh, the a mysterious inquisitor that we have. 
we have a name for the said Inquisitor. Oh? His name is Marek. And if anybody doesn't know anything about Legends material, we know a character named Marek. Mark Galen, or a.k.a. Starkiller. Now. Galen Merrick. Galen Merrick, sorry. Galen Merrick. Sorry, I had that backwards. Uh, Now, I guarantee everyone listening, we are not getting Starkiller in the canon. Now, if they truly wanted to do something to just have him in this series and then, like, say they kill him off in the series, but, like, downgrade him by ten times... Okay, or have him, like, on par with Ahsoka, but Ahsoka, like, did something fancy to take him off guard and kill him. Okay. But I, I doubt, well, I doubt it's uh, Galen Merrick. That's just me. Because Dave Filoni, if, if so, if you go back to Rebel Season 1 during the concept stage, Dave Filoni almost had Galen Merrick as the Grand Inquisitor in Season 1 as the main antagonist. But then they decided not to because Galen Merrick was just too overpowered. <laughs> they didn't so want, overpowered. They just didn't want someone overpowered for the main antagonist of the first season. Now, and at some point we can do a Starkiller episode if people want it. But Starkiller is so in Legends the games are not the canon. Like the light side endings are the canon endings but Starkiller's power level is not like as OP as it is in the game in the books First Force Unleashed he is roughly on par with Obi-Wan at his peak but he still does beat the living crap out of Darth Vader uh, at the end of both book one and two. He still does beat the living hell out of Darth Vader. I think we need to be careful when we're... Uh, uh, Frey Prince Jr. has a um, great little monologue, who is mm-hmm. the voice of Kanan, about how basically that Star Wars is in Dragon Ball Z. It's not about power levels. Correct. Um, it's about who the Force wills to win. Yes. Which is a good point. But also, I think it's important to note that, like, Vader isn't trying. No. Oh, he's not even... That man That man wants to die. In every aspect that we see him in the original trilogy, he wants to die. He wants it to be over. He's suffering. He doesn't have any motivation. He doesn't have anyone to fight for. He is just going through the motions. He is not trying. If he was trying, he would, you know wreck luke in one kind of spell swoop and but he's not he's not and And like you see this in the comics with vader of like in his earlier days like he's terrifying because he's still angry and he still wants to make the world suffer for his suffering a a good analogy of that is so we see vader in the original trilogy he's like okay he yeah we see him and even in like Rogue One, because it's right before, literally right before the split minutes before New Hope starts. He, yeah, he's not trying. He just doesn't care. Now, to go back to the Obi-Wan series that they recently did, he's absolutely a terrifying menace because he has one 
thing that like the one thing that is driving him finally emerges and then that's when we actually physically see him actually giving him giving like an actual energy and effort into what he's doing and it's terrifying he goes through a freaking village and just wipes it out without a second thought right and and like pulls down a freaking freighter with no effort (laughs) you also have to know that like vader hasn't fought a truly challenging opponent since he fought obi-wan on mustafar Mm-hmm. All other and so, opponents like, have been like subpar, right? So when he fights Star Killer, it's the first time that he is fighting someone who is actually offering a challenge. And we see this kind of like when you, even if you're a highly skilled person, if you haven't been challenged, those you actually underperform. Like we see that in kids who are gifted, if they're not properly challenged, they're bored and they actually perform worse. And I think that's kind of what Vader is. Like, what is really he going to do against a bunch of ragtag rebels who are shooting at him? Like, I feel like he got more challenge from the B1s. <laughs> that's true. That is that is true. I mean, yeah, like, for instance, like, a bunch of, re- like, a squad of rebel fighters would shoot blaster bolts at him. He doesn't even need his lightsaber up. He will block it with his hand with the force. Like, he doesn't even need to do anything. But then it comes around to, say, Obi-Wan, at the end of the Obi-Wan series, when they're actually fighting, then that's when he's like, okay, this is different. I need to, like, up my game. Or you go play a Force Unleashed at the end of both game one and two, Vader's actually like, okay, this is a hard boss fight. Now, those two games are also button mashing, so it was a lot easier to beat him yeah. game mechanic wise mm-hmm. but Chris, I, I would like to point out in one of the Star Wars comics early comics Vader is hunting Luke he finds Luke along with most of Rebel Command he gets crashed onto the planet they send an entire battalion vehicles included to fight him He, they shout you're surrounded and he replies all I'm surrounded by is fear and dead man. And if he wasn't trying at that point, that's scary. Oh, absolutely. Vader, I mean, that's, Vader's That's terrible. one of his most uh, famous quotes since Disney's taken over, I think. That's one of my favorite Vader lines. As a villain, I'm surrounded by fear and dead men. Yeah, it, it's, like, it's, it's terrifying. But anyway... Back on Ahsoka, so yeah, um, the mysterious Inquisitor we have in the trailers is named uh, Mark, but we don't know anything behind that, so obviously that turns up fan theories, it's like, oh, is this Galen Merrick? Is this going to be Sam Witwer's like, first like live-action introduction into the series? Because Sam Witwer is the voice and face of Starkiller. He's also the voice of Palpatine in the later uh, seasons of the Clone Wars, as well as Darth Maul through the Clone Wars and Rebels. So, I'm curious, but I, out of my own opinion, it's probably not going to happen, because that would be too good to be true. But. Possibly. Who yeah, knows? I, 
I was watching the trailers for that, and you could see that he he's actually wearing a shoe. So it's not the Inquisitor brother who uh, fell during the oh, Malachor no. arc. Yeah, that mm-hmm. one. Um, that, I can't remember the seventh. No, not seventh. Seventh or eighth. Se- seventh or eighth, eighth brother. No, like they confirmed he's dead. Yeah. That one uh, that so... we have at the end of season two, Rebels, the one that tried to do the helicopter thing and just fell. Yeah, he's dead. I'm pretty sure that all all three Inquisitors we see in Rebels die at the end of season two. Yes. Um, which the Inquisitors as a whole are useless. Like completely. So there's we no know. Threat. I mean, there's a threat, but they, there's also no threat. So there is a first brother or sister that is not the Grand Inquisitor. Mm-hmm. So we have the Grand Inquisitor and then one through nine, I believe. That we know of. That we know of. We don't know so if it goes past nine. We've seen second sister, third Sith sister, fifth brother, sixth brother, seventh sister, eighth brother, ninth sister, Grand Inquisitor. There there was a black skinned Twi'lek. Who which one was he? And then Black a red skin. skin uh, oh, they're from, oh, yeah, that's um, right. They're from the comics, right? Yeah, I think there's twelve Inquisitors actually. Okay. Now that I, now I, that you I, say that, because I know one of them's like fairly new. Like the, uh, I think the comics call an Inquisitor of the Red Blade or something like that, or Rise uh, of the Red, red Blade. Yeah, Rise of the Red Blade. It's a new book came out, I think. So yeah, I don't know too much on Thir- that. There are thirteen Inquisitors. Oh, okay. There we go. So 12, including the Grand Inquisitor. That we know of. (laughs) We have not seen... We have not seen the first brother or sister. We have seen the 10th brother. We have seen the 13th sister. So I guess the Grand Inquisitor is the first. Yeah, the Black Screen Twi'lek. Uh, yeah as far as the threats of the inquisitors if you read or listened to the ahsoka book she at the end of the novel spoiler alert i guess she says that yeah they weren't the that inquisitor wasn't much of a threat for a jedi of my level if it was for like a padawan or lower then yes, it would have been a threat, but not for like about a night level Jedi. Right. Yeah, that makes right. sense. Um, now, and for everybody, there. Um, if you go watch Tales of the Jedi, which does have three episodes specifically with Ahsoka, do watch those because those are great. But there is a scene similar to the one from the Ahsoka novel in Tales of the Jedi that is not the same. That is not the Inquisitor that she defeats to get her uh, her white crystals. It's Com- not. Nope. Nope. Completely different. Uh, that's a completely different thing. And I think the story around that episode is different from the book as well. Correct. It is it's a compl- pretty. It's similar. It's similar. It's similar, but it's not the same because, um, I forget how the book went. Um, she kept kept traveling between two worlds. Yeah, and it was not in a village, if I recall. 
No, it was some spaceport. Yeah, because she gets with the. It was kind of like a, a Martell sister situation of like getting in with like these mechanics, mm-hmm. and. But it was a little different. But the scene is pretty much the same because she beats them with, like, she beats the Inquisitor with it. So she beats two Inquisitors with their with her bare hands. Yes. Yep. That this shows how much, how awesome Ahsoka is, as a character alone. She doesn't need even a saber, or even the Force to beat Inquisitor. She just needs her bare hands. Well, go back and watch Rebels. There's one scene where you see Kanan and Ezra fighting the seventh sister and the fifth brother. Oh, yeah. They're yeah, having yeah. a hard time of it. And then Soka comes. Soka shows up. Shows like, up and uh-huh. just, yeah, sure. Yeah, we yeah, got this. Mm-hmm. Whatever. And right, she, you guys which, run. I'll take care of them. <laughs> it's hard to remember that because it's hard to tell in the animation style. But Ahsoka is significantly older than Kanan. Yeah, I wouldn't yeah, say I don't think he's significant. So by Order sixty six, I mean we see Kanan in, well Caleb Dune, which is his real name, in the first episode of Batch Batch, as what we can see by I would say height, stature, and human age look, he's probably between the ages of twelve and fourteen. Mm-hmm. Ahsoka, Ahsoka is like 16, 17 or nineteen. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, not a huge age difference. There's a lot. There's a big difference between a 12 year old Padawan and a 17 year old Padawan almost oh, nine. I mean, in terms of training. In skill wise, yes. But age wise, there's not. Right. There's not like Kanan, a huge gap. Like, Kanan's Jedi class is in between the Padawans from Clone Wars and Ahsoka. Mm hmm. That's true. Because right. she is. She's like twelve, or she's fourteen at the start of the Clone Wars, I think. Yeah. Uh, roughly, yeah. yeah. And the Clone Wars last about five years, I believe. Five or three, something like that, between three and five years. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, she's not hugely significant older, but training wise, obviously, she's seen more combat than a standard Padawan, and. Even though she was still considered a Padawan, she was at the Jedi Knight level of right. skill. So and like, no, no dissing to Kanan's master because I love Kanan's master, but in terms of like combat skills, Ahsoka was trained by two of the best. Oh God, yeah. To the best oh, yeah. Jedi generals in the Clone Wars? Uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, go, go watch, like you said, Tales of the Jedi. There's a episode specific about Anakin training Ahsoka, which right. would eventually save her life. You know that Rex taught Ahsoka tactics. Like, it wasn't just Anakin teaching her. Like, he was going over, like, no, this is what you need to do. Like, here's the battle mind. Like, read your situations. And so, Ahsoka, I would say that Kanan has a but probably much more deeper philosophical understanding of the force than Ahsoka does, but Ahsoka is a better combat person with the force. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, Which I agree shows the differences in their masters, really. Anakin was a lot more... I mean, and then it goes back... To, and this is going back to Legends. 
Kanan's master and how he was taught was more like a Jedi counselor, which is more mm-hmm. with the Force. Anakin is a Jedi guardian. That's that's plain and simple. Like he's a combat focused person. Yeah. But anyway, but uh, I think we're out of time. I think we are. Uh, anything else we want to add to the upcoming Ahsoka series? Uh, personally, if you want to know more about Thrawn, I would highly suggest reading both trilogy books about Thrawn. And they're canon, so definitely check them out. One trilogy is canon. Oh, sorry, one trilogy is canon. That's right. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah. Uh, but didn't they come up with... No, never mind. What? I thought that, well, wait, no, no, no. I think there is... Did, two, is there two? Yeah. There's two different trilogies that are canon. Yeah, There's one trilogy... There's one trilogy before. Oh, yeah. And then one trilogy after. Because this is a fun fact. Thrawn and Tarkin are really the only Imperial, like, general's hierarchy that we see that figure out who Darth Vader is. Oh, yeah. Tarkin, because he kind of, he already knew Anakin prior before he became Vader. And he kind of figured, dotted the lines to things together. Thrawn, Thrawn's just smart. Yeah, he basically figured like, okay, Anakin Skywalker is one of the few Jedi who we don't have a record of his death. And then right when he disappears, Darth Vader shows up. Like He just puts two and two together. It's like, oh, okay. Yep, that's all I need to know. It doesn't say a word Uh, because he knows what would happen. (laughs) Yeah. But uh, the Heir to the Empire um, trilogy, the one from Legends, is also worth a read because it will give you like an idea and really an understanding of who Thrawn is. And I really appreciate Thrawn as a villain because it shows that you do not have to be a Sith or a dark side user to give a lot of trouble to these Jedi. Like he puts Luke and his budding Jedi Order, like he puts them on the run because... He's just that good of a strategist and military mind. Mm -hmm. And we also see that in seasons three and four of Rebels, where, Mm -hmm. like Austin said, you don't need to be someone with strong force powers to be an overwhelming threat. Mm -hmm. But, um, Mm -hmm. well, Kodojo, is there anything going to plug in, like where people can find you or any projects you're working on or anything like that? Uh, no, you can only find me on Discord as Kadojo. I am right. nowhere else. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Sounds good. All right. Well, thank you all for listening to the Holocon uh, Histories podcast. May the Force be with you. Thank you for listening to Holocron Histories, Star Wars Canon versus Legends. You can find us on the Robots Radio Discord at robotsradio.net. You can also follow us on Twitter at SWHoloHistories and contact us at holocronhistories at gmail.com. Have you ever wanted to deep dive into the lore and stories behind all your favorite Marvel movies? Then do we have the show for you. I'm Captain Shanko. And I'm Psych88. Join us as we dissect the media megalith that is the MCU. We'll talk about the origin stories, the fights, and everything in between. The MCU Lorecast releases on all major podcasting platforms on Mondays as part of the Robots Radio Rocket Club and can be found on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.